So I'm in uh, Springfield, Missouri. Okay. Um, I'm an okay. ordained minister um, uh, with an independent group, and I work with believers from all different faith streams. Uh, the focus of the group I'm with, it's called Acts Ministry, and it's unity in Christ through the Holy Spirit. So it's cross denominations and doctrines and things like that, um, just wanting to share the kingdom of God. So I saw that podcast, uh, you know, Christian podcasters on the Facebook group. I just joined the other day and then a couple of days later, whatever you had joined. And I saw the message you shared about what you're wanting to share with others. And I thought, okay, I want to hear your story. <laughs> so tell awesome. me. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So I, I grew up um, in a Christian home. And uh, my parents divorced, and so I was basically raised by my mother with my brother and sister. And my mom was uh, very adamant that we were raised in church, in a Baptist church, and they had a, a school also. So I was raised in the Baptist school. And um, so early on, I just knew I loved Jesus, and I knew I was called to something bigger as a child, like I knew when I grew up, I was going to be doing something in the church with the church, some kind of ministry. I had no idea what it was, though. Um, then Did you kind um, of feel that inside of you, is it, you just kind of knew it. Is that is that what you're saying? Like, yes, I just knew it. I knew it like like it was my choice. Also, it, it was like even if I'm just a secretary in a church, that's mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. I'm like my place in my home is in a church. So heart, I just had that. that. This is what it sounds like. Yes. Like heart really connected. Yes. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so. Um, but around age 11, I started suffering from major depression mm -hmm. and I was doing terribly in school and I was always in trouble because I was doing terribly in school mm -hmm. and, um, found out many years later that it, I had undiagnosed ADHD. So I got uh, di diagnosed at age 36. So that explained a lot. I, 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 and, I, I knew we were kindred spirits somewhere along the way. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, but yeah, I was suicidal all through high school there. It was just like, I was a miserable person and I didn't want to live. And, um, and my teachers at my Christian school were not really helping me. They just thought I needed more punishment and, um, mm -hmm. which made my depression worse. Okay. And so because now, now not only are you finally, but you're also a bad person or you're being treated as a yeah as negative or yeah. whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah so um so i flunked out of christian school i got my diploma from uh um an adult school okay. and i soon got married after that because i was just such a mess that i just needed someone to take care of me like i couldn't function as a, an adult by myself because like I was so depressed. So mm. I got married, but that marriage only lasted nine years um, because I was so severely depressed and uh, was unable to have children. So I, I don't know mm. if we'd still be together if we had kids. I don't know. But mm. I found out later I was suffering from endometriosis, which is a very painful disease that I didn't know I had. And that's why I couldn't have children. And mm. um, so I was going through just a lot. And then after my husband divorced me, then, of course, I was even more depressed and had to mm. live life by myself and try to support myself without any help. My parents didn't really have money to support me or help me. So I had mm -hmm. to do it all on my own. And all at the same time, I knew I had a destiny with God. And, but my life was a wreck and I couldn't figure out how, why is the Lord calling me to something when I'm a complete wreck? And <laughs> I had to so, figure so out So you how never to join lost sight of that. You always knew that that call was there throughout all of that. Yes, correct. And even when I was just living this life of sin, after my ex-husband left me, I was dating guy after guy after guy, like very, sure. like not, not healthy, not right. godly. And, um, but I was just trying to, to heal the, or not heal the pain, but 
alleviate the pain is what I was trying to do. And, um, and I couldn't get out of this cycle of just my life being a total disaster and trying to keep my head above water and keep myself from being homeless <laughs> and keeping right. a job and all that. Was and, it, was it um, with any, um, like, you know, alcohol, drugs, those types of things, or was it? No, I was never interested in any of that, but my drug of choice was dating men that were not sure, good for right, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, got disconnected. Um, oh, yeah, so, so, oh, there we go. Yeah. We're good. So then I, um, um, I, so, and I had been in church my whole life. Like I never turned my back against the church. I never turned my back against God. I just was trying to figure out how to live a godly life, but I couldn't do it on my own. And I'm like, I'm going to church. I'm doing all that I know how to do that I'm capable of doing. Mm -hmm. So I just couldn't figure out what the disconnect was. And mm -hmm. finally, I just got really fed up and I started praying this one prayer and I was going to pray it for the rest of my life until the Lord changed my life. And it was god you have to transform my life no this is not the life you want for me and if you want me to be in ministry you're gonna have to change everything and i'm gonna keep praying this until you're singing but I, i'm gonna keep praying until you transform my life and um so then in 2007 jesus just sovereignly delivered me from all depression <laughs> just like that and um so i thought a time or was it over a period of time like was there a, a like a day that it happened or was it over a process it was kind of i would say like i would say a week that happened because i had after my divorce i had moved from california to illinois to near my sister mm -hmm. and i lived there for four years and then um i felt like i should move back to california and the week that I took, I packed everything in my car and drove from Illinois to uh, California by myself. And it mm -hmm. was that week driving back to California that I was healed. So later on, I realized that God was calling me to the revival in California. And that was a sign that mm. yes, you're that, you know, you are called to California. Don't forget it. <laughs> oh, great. You know, it was almost like a, a step of obedience or something. Maybe you had kind of moved away from well, I don't think it was that because I didn't know what I was supposed to yeah, do. Yeah, you weren't really sure about Yeah, you were kind of just... Exactly. Yeah, guessing. and it was just God... That was God's way of telling me, you know, I want you to do ministry in California and I'm going to do and direct your steps. So then okay. I plugged back into the church I had been in, not the one I grew up in, but the one I had been at during my adult life. Gotcha. Yeah, as an adult. And, but they were cessationist also. And, um, so, but I was trying to do all the things I was like, I'm going to get myself in a Bible study and I'm going to do all the things because God delivered me from depression. So he, you know, was going to do something with my life. And so I got to get my act together. And, um, but I was still like kind of addicted to dating men and mm -hmm. it was like a, an addiction I couldn't stop. Right. And I knew I needed to be delivered from it, but you know, my church didn't really teach deliverance or anything like that. But I just, oh, I just kept praying that same prayer. I'm like, okay, I'm not transformed all the way yet. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, I'm not going to go into ministry. I'm not going to go into ministry and live a life of sin outside of church. I'm not doing that. Yeah, and that so I just, for anybody. <laughs> yeah. And so a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And so. Uh, but I wasn't going to do that. I just had to wait on God to transform my life. And so finally, a few years later from it, so I got healed from depression in 2007. And in 2011, I got more serious with my prayers. I'm like, God, you have to transform me. And that's all I prayed. And in 2013, by a funny story, I got invited to a different church and it was a Holy Spirit filled and I went there two times in a row. So the second time I went in the middle of the pastor's preaching, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, no one laying hands on me or anything. And I didn't even know what it was. All I knew is I had this <laughs> massive encounter with the Holy Spirit because we weren't taught. I mean, yeah, we right. were taught 
in the Baptist church and all that um, in the cessationist church about baptism and the Holy Spirit. So I had this encounter where the power of God hit me so hard. It felt like I got punched in the chest without the pain. And then, so I'm closing, have my eyes closed and I begin weeping, weeping, weeping. And when I have my eyes closed, I see, see a vision of people lining up in front of me and me laying hands on their heads to pray for them. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, you now have the gift of intercessory. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> And so after the service, I had met this woman that I was with, and we, we both said to each other, I said to her, you're my spiritual twin. And she goes, you're my spiritual twin. And so after church, I went to her and I said, I had this encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I was just so filled with joy and peace, like I had been changed, like mm. completely. So I, so I went home and... I stopped watching TV just sovereignly, like I had no desire for um, anything of the world, like everything mm. in the world, I had no desire to entertain any of that. Um, all I did was watch hours of sermons on YouTube. The Holy <laughs> Spirit was like bringing me through like four years of ministry school free on YouTube. Yep. And the Lord kept telling me, okay, now listen to this evangelist and listen to this pastor and listen to this <laughs> evangelist and listen to that minister and all of that. And I was in church every time the doors were open. I was at every prayer meeting. I was at, um, I was to my old church and in church. And so I was going to two different churches, multiple services throughout the week. I was just praying, reading the Bible and worshiping that worshiping was the huge, huge part. I, and actually I believe it was worship before I got baptized in the Holy spirit. I started worshiping and I just felt such a peace, like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to worship. So I'd lock myself in my bedroom every night. I remember it was winter time, and that's all I could do. And like in the winter time, at dark, you know. So, yep. um, so I just turned on the worship music because I had a love for Jesus, and and it just started changing me, and my heart started turning towards God, like okay, I'm ready kind of a thing. And then he was ready for me. And then, <laughs> then he baptized me and I just started having encounters in my bedroom, just going in deep intercessory prayer, weeping and wailing for the lost, for children in the foster care system, for the mm -hmm. church. I'm just like on my face, weeping, weeping, weeping. And mm -hmm. so I was just completely transformed. Um, and you then you mentioned that he had baptized you with this after the initial event or was it during those first couple of messages when you went there is that what you were talking about yeah just it was i started going to a new church and it was yeah, the second like time i visited services, the church it wasn't when... praying for you right it was just you were just like he came upon you in my seat yeah. yes in my seat what in the middle of the pastor's preaching the sermon do you believe that? Like, was, I had no idea what hit me. That you were baptized in the Holy Spirit at that point. Is that how you well, understand? Okay. Well, okay. Oh, hold on a second. Spirit, but I didn't know it was. Okay. Go back and repeat that because the audio messed up for a second on that. Oh, no. Okay. Um, I knew I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, but I didn't know it was the baptism of the Holy Spirit until six months later, the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit started speaking to me. And all he kept saying over and over to me was baptism, of the Holy Spirit, baptism, like every single day he would say to me, baptism, of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, is this my ADHD brain or is God <laughs> talking to me? <laughs> right? And then it just was happening so much that I thought, okay, I think this, I'm pretty sure it's the Holy Spirit, but I don't know anything about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me Google it. Yeah. And I Googled <laughs> and I went on YouTube and I started learning about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what everything that they explained, what it was, is everything that had happened to me in this past six months since that encounter. So then I realized that was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So then I stepped further and I said, well, if the Baptists were wrong about teaching me about the Holy Spirit, they must be wrong about speaking in tongues. Oh, <laughs> and so 
I, the church I was going to, I knew that they believed in speaking in tongues. And I called up my church and said, who's there that could teach me about speaking in tongues? And they go, well, we have a class this Thursday night. And I was like, great, I'll be there. <laughs> and so I showed up and the teacher was like, okay, it may take you, you know, a you know, couple of classes, but go home and sit with the Lord in prayer and ask him for it. And so I did this. I did that a couple of times and I was sitting on my bed probably the second time I was serious sitting down, but I was nervous and scared and I was mm -hmm. terrified of kind of, of speaking in tongues. Sure. And so then I was like, what is this, you know? And so I looked it up on YouTube to watch some people speak in tongues because it was so foreign to me. Like I didn't grow up, grow up with any of that. And so I watched this woman speak in tongues and I was like, okay, well, that's crazy. And, um, but I, I, and I said, and I said, Lord, if this is from you, I want it. But if it's not from you, I don't want it, oh, I but that. I want it, you know, yeah. if it's from you. Yeah. And, and then, so then for some, I had this thought to open my mouth and like to pretend to speak it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then I started trying to pretend to speak it and I'm like, oh, I'm being so ridiculous. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden I started speaking this complex foreign language that came out of my mouth. <laughs> it was so complex and so yeah. wild. And I sat there for 45 minutes with it gushing out of my mouth like a fire hose. <laughs> and it was like, hap it was happening to me. I was not doing it, but it was just right. coming out of me. And um, after 45 minutes, I thought, whoa, what in the world was that? I better calm down, take a shower and go to bed. And so <laughs> I did that. And the, ne the next morning I woke up. And the first, my first thought was, I wonder if I could speak that crazy language. And so I opened my mouth and it started gushing out of my mouth again. Mm. And I was like, oh boy. And then I had to go to work and then I went to work and it was trying to spread again. And I had to literally cover my mouth with my hand so I wouldn't speak in work. But every like <laughs> minute that I could get by myself, like go to the bathroom or something, I just opened my mouth and pour out again uncontrollably. And I was like, and this happened for three days. <laughs> and so, Until, um, this is around what, then, 2013, something like that, 2012, somewhere in there. Yes, is this that, was, the um, no, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit in July of 2013. And this happened in February of 2000. Okay. Yeah. So this, so this three day encounter freaked me out. I, I, um, again, the next night I got in the shower and I was like, I'm just going to turn on some worship music. Cause like every time I'd be alone and shut my door, it wouldn't stop. And so I was getting freaked out. So I go, I'm going to take a shower, listen to worship music and sing in the shower. And I couldn't sing in the shower. I couldn't speak English in the shower. I could only speak in tongues and getting really scared and like upset. I was like upset. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm like mad at God going like, dude, they're going to lock me up in a loony bin yeah. if I'm constantly have to cover my mouth with, with my hand. And I'm public and I can't speak English and I can only speak in this crazy language. England and overtaken by a demon, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so then I was like weeping mad, praying. And then I took a deep breath and I said, okay, Lord, I surrender my life again to you. I surrender everything to you. And the peace of God came upon me and I wasn't scared anymore. Mm. And then I was able to relax and I go, oh, that's the key. Daily surrender. Okay. Okay. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so then... Um, and then this day I had to run an errand. So I was excited about jumping in my car and just letting the uh, tongues come out of me. And I started driving and nothing was coming out. Nothing was coming out. And I was like, really God <laughs> for three days, I haven't been able to stop. And now I'm alone with you in my car and nothing. And he spoke to me and he says, I control this. You don't control this. And I was like, ah, <laughs> but now, yeah.
you know, I do, I can, you know, pray in tongues right, if I want to, right. but when he wants me to pray in tongues, you know, he takes over and I'm like, oh, let me, let me yield to the Holy Spirit. He, he and was let me teaching do this. you. Yeah. Yes, and exactly. I, and so then I knew. About it, that for people yes. that, you know, would struggle with understanding baptism of the Holy Spirit, sometimes they think someone has to pray for him. Someone has to lay hands on him. Something has to happen. And it doesn't. It, uh -huh. Yours is a great example. Now you're in a place where yes. you know, it was being facilitated, so that that broke that open. But you had already been praying that prayer for the transformation. I know for myself, it was just, oh, okay, yeah, I can do that, and just surrender to it, like in my bed. <laughs> nobody else was there, um, and, yes. and that's good because sometimes people make it a lot more complicated than what they need to, yeah. even, or they'll tell people, you know, oh, start. Like you said, you know, just making believe or just try some work. You know, you don't need to do any of that, right? It's just letting him do it. So, so that that's really good. Uh -huh. Yeah. So then I started having encounters in my bedroom. The Holy Spirit would just come upon me, and I'd just be laid out in the spirit. Um, I'd be watching certain ministers and be laid out in the spirit, and I'm like, "What is going on? I can't move." <laughs> <laughs> And um, then the church I was going to, I had a vision of Jesus. It was incredible and just encounters, encounters, encounters. And then, um, and then I thought, okay, I know I'm supposed to go in, into ministry. And the first church I was at, they wouldn't even let me lead a Bible step. I mean, uh, a prayer meeting. And right. um, I, I asked them. And um, so I was like, God, I've been at this church for 15 years. And they won't even let me lead a prayer meeting. How in the world am I going to do ministry? Well, mm -hmm. God being in his infinite ways, <laughs> you know, yep. worked it all together. So I started going to a different church and just anyway, um, the woman that I had met that first two weeks that I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, yep. she called me up and said, guess what? I've started a church in my house and I and the Lord told me to call you to come and be part of it and i was like what and by this time i was at an amazing church mm -hmm. and i was like a house church like that was not on my radar i had no interest in doing a house church right. but i had such a spiritual connection with her i was like mm -hmm. i need to go and see what god will do and so i was like okay so i showed up at her house and she was doing a sunday night church service and we had a worship leader that just played guitar and just a few people, small handful of people. Mm -hmm. And I walked in and as we started worshiping, the Holy Spirit just fell, laid us all out. We're like both being called to revival and we would just weep on the floor worshiping. Um, I was on the floor for hours um, and then everyone went home. And then she and I got drunk in the spirit and we're just laughing hysterically, but felt this Holy Spirit connection between the two of us. And I was like, this is what God has called me to. I'm like, I'm gonna do ministry with this lady here. We have mm -hmm. such a connection. And um, I started to have, um, I guess this is one of my first angel encounters that I tried, it was 10 o'clock at night and I'm like, okay, I got to go home. She had to put her kids to bed and sure. I tried to exit through her front door and I couldn't exit through the front door. It's getting bounced back. And we both realized there's an angel at the door, not letting me pass through. And every time I got bounced back, we would just laugh hysterically like, whoa, you know, like Holy Spirit is taken over. And so three times I tried to exit her door. And <laughs> on the third time, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, just know you two are together. I'm putting you two together and don't forget it. And I was like, whoa. So it was like such a calling, like such a... Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, no, no doubt that this is the path that God was taking me on and placing me. And so we met in her and we'd have encounters in her house just constantly. Um, and then she finally got a church. She got to rent out a, a church on Sunday nights, a church that wasn't using their facilities on the Sunday night. Sure. But she wanted to do work with the homeless. And so mm -hmm. um, this church already was feeding the homeless on Sunday nights. They would bring them into their cafeteria area and would feed them. And so this door opened for us to start sitting with the homeless people while they eat and then invite them to our church service after their meal.
Oh, nice. And so we did that. Yeah. So we did that for four straight years and God just did amazing things. And we were just praying for revival and, um, ministering to the homeless and leading people to Christ and praying for their healing and seeing people get healed. And, and we were just, we were living my dream that I had imagined because I couldn't figure out growing up, like why could like the apostles did in the old, in the new Testament. And here it was like coming to life right in front of me and it was just glorious and i just had so many encounters and so many incredible things with the holy spirit and um just to anyway so i'm kind of three-fourths of writing my book because mm-hmm. i have to write down every, all the encounters and i oh, want the church to know what god is doing the churches that like i grew up in to mm-hmm. know God is working. He is doing miracles. He is, he is doing this through his people. So that is what, that's what sets me on fire. That's what, um, keeps me going is, um, that there is no dead religion that I grew up in. You know, I just like, there is an alive supernatural holy spirit churches out there that are doing it and and i had no idea until 2013 so my mind has been blown for going on 11 years now that Mm -hmm. god touches his people he fills them with his power he fills them with his presence he comes into his room with his presence where you're just flat on your face weeping because (laughs) the Mm -hmm. glory has ushered in (laughs) and so now um me and my ministry partner from the from that time when she started her church, I said, let's go to this new church that I just discovered. And that was a major Holy Spirit church um, in Vacaville, California, that we have hosted like big name, you know, revivalists coming in and they have a school of ministry type and a school of the prophetic. And so I took three years of the school of the prophetic. And so, um, so yeah um words of it all of it (laughs) (laughs) and so oh and then she and i led prayer meeting at that big church for two straight years on monday nights and oh my goodness the glory i mean this church was already operating in all this and we came in and just jumped right into the glory pool that they have been doing for 25 years and we were just living in ecstasy of the holy spirit and so people would leave at 9 p.m when the prayer meeting was over and she and I could not leave, like we didn't want to leave the presence of right. God. And so we would stay until PM 12 P you know, 12 AM, 1 AM right. on our faces, worshiping. And we'd have angelic encounters. And one night she said, I, I fell to the ground and I felt an angel wing cover, push me down and cover me. And then right after that happened, she said, Jesus just walked into the room. And I was like, oh, that, that's why this angel wrapped its wing around me and, and pushed <laughs> me to the ground because we are bowing before the king who just walked in there. I mean, <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, <laughs> that has been my life for for 11 years now and um i so can you, talk forever you, doing, about it doing the prayer meeting now or is that is that where you're at um now? we stopped why did we stop after two years i can't remember why specifically we stopped mm-hmm. i think it was covid i think and then yeah. that's why our ch- yeah, other church ended was because of covid yeah and every when everything shut down and then nothing got geared back to the level like it was right and we and i don't know why i'm yeah and then so then a lot happened in my personal life like i got um i'm a living i was a i'm a nanny i've been a nanny for 30 years and um and so i was a living nanny oh awesome so Mm -hmm. Um, so I got to be a live-in nanny for my dream family, very wealthy family. They took such good care of me. They gave me so much, you know, um, Mm -hmm. gifts and bonuses and took care of everything for me. And they talked me into getting a dog because they wanted a second dog, but didn't want a second dog. (laughs) And so 
I was praying 11 years for a dog after my dog died. And so I was like, oh, this is the answer to my prayer. I got this puppy. Sure. Well, I just didn't realize how much work a puppy was. And I had, and I was a half an hour from my church. I'm like, oh, now I can't leave my puppy by himself alone to go to church, you know? And then, um, at, and then, so it was COVID shut down church and then it kind of started up and then I got the puppy then I couldn't go to church and then I broke my foot and I lost my amazing job and I've just been suffering ever since with personal things of looking for stability in jobs and housing and all that and I'm like just really going through major trials right now so (laughs) that makes sense we're in such a time of transition I mean there's a lot of chaos all around so Yes, yes, yes. So, um, everything changed. Oh, and I, yeah, and I didn't even, sorry, go into, um, Mm-hmm. The church that I helped run, this little church, it was just she and I, and we had other people come in for a few months or a year or, a, you know, two years or whatever to sure. be part of the staff. But I stuck with her for like over four years. And like when she, she would get random calls to go to the Philippines and speak at large churches of 3,000 people to go preach in the Philippines. <laughs> and so I would run the church when she was gone. And so I would preach the sermon and, and then we'd have our band there and um, things like that. And it's like, it was just an incredible learning time of God just. I was, but she and I, we had such a spiritual connection and like, she would be laid out in the spirit and I would have to get up and lead the service because she was in the back of the church <laughs> laid out under the glory. So we would tag team and, uh, or I'd get up and pray and then go into intercession or something. And, oh, and sure. we'd just all be on our on the floor weeping and and these homeless people are like what is happening <laughs> yeah, no doubt. we just were living we're, we're living our own personal revival and it was just like i'd walk in the church before the church even started and the glory would already be there and i'd fall on my face weeping <laughs> and or we would have staff meetings and the glory would be there and i walk in and she'd be on the floor weeping the glory and then i'd come in and just be laid out like bam like i'd be hit to the ground by the holy ghost and be on the floor weeping and just loving every single minute of everything that god was doing we're like whatever you want to do god to us to this church to anything and um so yeah our staff meetings would would be like glory filled and uh so it was just an incredible incredible time so so what what are you seeing in the spiritual atmosphere like around you around you know your area where you're at um with the people with the church what's what's the holy spirit been showing you with just like where things are at it's been very very difficult i just feel like the pandemic like disconnected a lot of people a lot of people moved away from our church and moved to texas or different states mm-hmm. from california you know the mass exodus from california right. and i started even thinking like should i move out of california it's getting really bad here mm-hmm. and um i'm just trying to stay afloat i can barely pay rent and um and I go to church and we haven't brought in the big, you know, names back. We're not having our big conferences like we did, which there's nothing right. stopping us now. So I don't know why we're not having our big conferences anymore unless it was just these other leaders that had moved on and moved to Texas and different things like that. And then mm-hmm. my ministry partner, she does, she leads the Sunday night service and, uh, yeah, I mean the Saturday night service at our big church. And so, um, she's doing it all i mean she's so anointed like they just give her anything that she wants as far as (laughs) whatever she wants to lead in the church she's just so anointed and um called and amazing and so i feel lost really right now i'm just praying like lord what am i supposed to be doing and so the Lord just keeps speaking to me about going online and doing podcasts and like even going on YouTube and doing these, you know, YouTube shorts or whatever. Cause I see so many ministers doing these shorts and doing all of that. And I have this testimony. I want to teach. 
I want to preach the gospel to the lost online and I'm just and that what I'm stuck in is I'm not techie at all and I just don't know mm, how to yeah. if someone could get me started on what to do and how to do all this kind of things once I get going oh right. my goodness I just know the Holy Spirit wants to unleash me um in in this medium and um the Lord has spoken to me many different ways like get on you know the internet and do it and i'm like i'm so intimidated by part of okay. like i don't know what i'm doing can you send me someone to help me please yeah. so. <laughs> it, so a lot of it now is, it's so much easier than it would have been in the past right um oh yeah and, you have things like facebook live you can do that anytime with your phone um so okay. that's one way uh i do like the um way podcasts are distributed like the way if you get into whatever it is like for instance the main one i'm using right now is spotify but that's because they do video as well as audio so if you put up a video they'll have the video available for people that want it but then it's also done just as an audio so it's a just dif different option but when you have it set up once i put a podcast on there it'll go to um, Audible, you know, with, with Amazon, it'll go to iTunes, um, cast oh, wow. all the major ones. So once you get that wow. set up, then all you have to do is share on one. Uh, I haven't played around with the live feature, um, as much on it. Um, I'd like to play around with that. Some, that's something maybe we can do at some point too. But, um, so Facebook is your quickest, easiest uh way well see i tried i tried that in sorry i tried that in 2019 and mm -hmm. it would glitch and cut out and i was trying to give this testimony and it glitched and cut out the entire time so i gave yeah. up on that and just never thought of that again so maybe well, it's course. different now well the the enemy is able to interfere with technology easier than <laughs> a lot of things Okay. That is true. <laughs> if you, you've been around long enough, you've probably experienced it, where everything will work until, you know, right then you're wanting to do this. Why isn't the mic working? Why isn't this working? Um, but, uh, yeah, don't don't let him distract you because of, of, of one fail. Um, you're going to have lots of fails. You're going to have different times things don't work. That's not a big deal. You just keep going. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, but I keep going more, less and less. So, like, I like the idea of just being able to use a phone. or YouTube you can do, too. The uh -huh. stuff is great. But the only problem with YouTube is to do something live, um, which I think there's a lot of value in doing live stuff, is you have to have a 1,000 subscribers before you can do live. Um, so you, oh, okay. So you can't, yeah. like... So you can't do YouTube with your phone is what that means. You have to use a computer. Oh, and right, that's right. it starts to get more complicated. Facebook's nice because you can just do Facebook Live on your phone. You don't have to, any other equipment, anything. Um, you can just use your phone. Uh, but then phones. with Facebook Live, it doesn't save, right? Like if you just do this video and then it's, it, you know, it'll play for a week or whatever and then it's gone. Oh, or oh no, you can, or you can, it, 30 days, I think, is what it defaults to. But you can change it okay. to keep it forever. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not necessarily the, the best platform for distribution, but it is there, and it's usable, and it's not hard to use. It's really not. Um, uh -huh. the, the big thing um, for people to find things is, you know, different keywords or topics or things that you're working with within the message, let's say. Um, so uh -huh. in descriptions and things like that on your, wherever it is, Facebook, YouTube, different places, someone searching for something, how do I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? So if that's a question you have in your description or, you know, a, an aspect you put in there, then they're going to find it just by a search, right? Um, oh, okay. So there's, so there's value in that. So that that's where a lot of it falls short is in the distribution like just making it's one thing but then helping people find it right um okay. that's where a big key is that right now i need tech people because i'm i'm constantly doing tech not because i'm all that techie but because i want to share the word and i know god's made me a broadcaster so i have to learn it <laughs> so i can do it right 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but I really want to just start a YouTube channel and put all my teachings on there. And yeah, and if you you're know, doing some on video, uh, one good thing um, with YouTube and um, and some of those like that, you can record it right ahead of time. Then you can distribute right. it. Right. Um, exactly. So that's a great way to do it, um, recording them ahead of time. And then you can always do, and, like, with the fancy ones, they like to have little intros, things like that. Um, well, see, that's my that's my problem. I want to do um, have the intros and the editing, and I know nothing about editing, and it hurts my brain just to think about it. So every time I think about right. doing a video, I'm like, yeah. I, you know, I want it to look nice and edited, but of course. I don't know how to do it, so that's why I keep praying. I'm like, Lord, <laughs> right. well, can you send it, me someone is, to help me? It is a way that um, we will end up helping the enemy stop us from doing something. <laughs> um, uh -huh. There's certain little fears, um, insecurities, strongholds that we have in our lives. Um, for me, one of them is actually in technology, standing in front of people, things like that. I force myself to do it. Um, to fight that, but um, uh -huh. so the example that one of the ministers shared is he had a, another minister friend of his that that when he was young, his dad would always tell him, "You can't put a nut on a bolt. You're going to strip the nut off the bolt." And he had such a, a fear, such a, a acceptance of that that he literally had to force himself just to thread a nut on a bolt, and he would mess it uh. up. And it was because of that thing that came on him, and that's what the enemy does. It'll be mm -hmm. in the form of a fear or an anxiety or something, and you're going to do something for God, and all of a sudden, oh, wait, I don't know this. Well, uh -huh. let's do what you do know, <laughs> right? You can, you can turn on your phone right now, or on video, and you can just record yourself, right? Okay, now you got that. Uh -huh. Okay, we can right. start there. Then you can start sharing it. And sometimes that's what it takes to break it free, but... You know, I think the big thing is there's a lot of cares. There's a lot of things that we have that we really don't give to the Lord. Um, so true. We, we, we get used to them. Um, uh, it, it's one of the things, you know, that I've really been dealing with in a, in a lot of areas. God's been breaking a lot of fear off me. I didn't even realize how much fear I had. Um, mm -hmm. And just step by step going, wait. And, I, and I'm starting to see that now where, wait. This whole thing where I can't do that, it's not real. Uh -huh. it, it's more of uh, fear it's not going to work. So what if it doesn't work? What if I mess up? Big deal, right? <laughs> uh, who am I doing it for? Am I, am I doing it because I want to make something good? Am I doing it because I want to do this? Or am I doing it for the Lord? Because if I'm right. doing it for the Lord, he's going to be okay. <laughs> With all the mistakes that are made along the way, the goofs up, the things that don't. You know, I, I can't tell you how many things I keep messing up trying to do stuff. Um, so don't let that stop you. As a matter of fact, that's probably a good thing to see and say, okay, I really do need to do this. <laughs> because of Exactly, things. yeah. And yeah, get, I'm just I, I have letting fear stop I, me. Yeah, there's there's things like that where my brain just shuts down. I mean, it's just done. Yeah, it's like, exactly. oh, I can't do it. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so so the... the um, the the easy ways to start then really I would think would be doing some of those like Facebook, YouTube, things like that. Don't worry about adding a lot of stuff to it. No, um, I don't have a lot of time with editing and stuff, and I don't I don't want to open myself up to that. But um, we can do some things if you have some things you want to talk about. We can do somewhere I might be able to help you like this. Do it like this where we can record the audio. Um, and then I can get it to you to, to use in various areas. Um, at, you're an intercessor. Uh, one of the things yes. that, that I'm looking for here in Springfield, Missouri is where I'm at, um, is some technical people, workers to help work on things like that. Um, cause I've got like a studio and all that and some different ones that were around, you know, they, weren't in the right spirit so as the holy spirit started to move more and more kind of drove them off it's amazing how that happened 
but um, but I'm needing more tech people. So pray for that because okay. as he brings me some tech people, then individuals that are working on doing some things that don't have tech issues, it doesn't matter where you are. You don't have to be here, right? You can send an audio or video or something. If we got some people that can work on more and more, they can do that. One of the ways that the Holy Spirit has really... Are you familiar with um, like the Zusa Street? and? Um, yes. So l let me tell you, I went down there to L.A. and with my one of my teachers and a group from our church... And uh -huh. we, so the house that it first started in on Bonnie Bray, the yeah. Bonnie Bray house, yeah. we got to stay in that house all night long. And we stayed up praying oh, in that wow. house all night long. And the woman who's the curator of the house, we had breakfast with her the next morning. It was just glorious. I'm just so thankful I had that experience so yes and then we did the whole tour of toured azusa street and um william seymour's grave and Catherine kuhlman's yeah. grave and amy simple mcpherson and all of it so oh, oh wow. it's my favorite yeah. thing <laughs> so do you know who trained william seymour do you know that part of his, his name was charles no, i Mark. know his intercessor I know his intercessor was Frank Bartleman, I think, no, um, who trained him. Uh, yeah, um, it was Charles Parham taught him. Oh, yeah, that name sounds familiar, yes. So Charles Parham uh, was working with healing and stuff um, over in uh, Topeka, Kansas area. There's some springs over there where you go healing, different things. And um new year's eve 1900 uh they were praying in an upper room and they had studied about the baptism of the holy spirit and what would be the evidence of somebody being baptized in the holy spirit they came to the conclusion mm -hmm. that speaking in tongues seymour had been traveling he came back so that night they were praying and a young lady by the name of agnes osmond asked him to pray for her to receive the baptism of the holy spirit and on new year's day 1901 she received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Later, um, Parham went down to Houston. There was a revival there. I think that's where he met Seymour. He was trained down in Texas, went over there. That's where Zuzu Street. So the initial uh -huh. outpouring of the Holy Spirit was this one lady in 1901 in Topeka, Kansas, at a place, a building called Stone's Folly. A man by the name of Stone had built this mansion. And he had lots of money, and he ran out of money by the time it was going to be finished. And so it was called Stone's oh, wow. Folly. It's kind of a joke on him. Um, but that's oh, what they received the baptism, that she received the baptism of the Holy Spirit that led to Seymour, led to Azusa Street. Parham hadn't even received the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet. Actually, people didn't wow. even know. Wow. Really. She thought she was the only one that ever would be <laughs> in her testimony because wow. it was so new, you know, of experience. So that site in Topeka, Kansas, the building burned down after they turned it into a brothel after they kicked the, the weird Pentecostal <gasps> people up. Um, oh, no. <laughs> the, the foundation remained. And a farmer built the building on top of it. Later, that land donated to a church for an orphanage. And the foundation is still there. It was rediscovered a few years back. And so 120 years later, in 2020, um, New Year's Eve, I was there to help do a 12 hour live stream and then everybody left. And on new year's day, 2021, I was the only person there at the original site of the outpouring of the Holy spirit, 120 years before. And that's when I saw the change and everything that, that God was going to be doing in the world and, mm. and what's happening and what people are finally starting to realize and experience now that has been going on wow. for quite a while. Um, so, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, he's someone I'm very familiar with, and it's been a long journey uh, following him and walking with him, but the honor yeah. of being able to do that and to be there. Yes. Uh, and yes. so I've been actually working with uh, spirit-filled Catholics, um, Nazarene, uh, Baptist, uh, all different faith streams in uh, focusing in on, hey, guys, let's stop fighting each other and let's fight our real enemies. Yeah. Uh, and exactly. I think one of the biggest things that the Holy Spirit's really laid on my heart for the time that we're in is it's time to 
reach into the homes of these children and save them instead of bringing them out and corrupting them and mutilating their bodies like the enemy's been doing. Um, you know, we yeah. can reach in with love and uh, truth. And, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, some will be working on more and more is creative things, you know, um, fun things um, to reach young people. Um, not being so churchy sometimes, but just reaching them with love mm-hmm. and things like that. And so, oh, that's so good. Yeah. Since 2013 right. in my church that I've been part of, they're a revival church and that's all mm-hmm. we talk about is revival. And it's like, I'm getting like revival burnout because we keep thinking right. it's going to happen and we keep praying for it and talking about it. And we don't see anything that we've just been pouring our entire lives into for, you know, all these years and I'm just getting like discouraged and, right. and I'm like, but then, you know, I'm studying revival history, especially in the past hundred years. And my, one of my favorite revivals is the um, Brownsville revival. And mm-hmm. when I hear past pastor Kilpatrick say, you know, we were praying for a revival for years. And just when I thought it wasn't going to happen, it happened. He says, mm. he keeps saying, I hear him in different interviews. When you think it's not going to happen, that's when it's going to happen. I'm like, all right, Lord, it's got to happen now. <laughs> it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And we're getting tired and weary and like, the, you know. The Brownsville revival was amazing. Um, it was awesome to be able to go there and experience it um my wife and i were not able to have children for nine years and um, steve hill prayed for us in the foyer the back of the church you're out in the spirit that's so exciting um i went and uh preached a revival and we were gonna adopt at the time i said no god will Uh give us a baby i didn't know i didn't necessarily think it'd be our baby but you know someone that unwed mother or whatever and I didn't realize uh-huh. she was pregnant at the time. And so that was 27 years ago. Um, oh, wow. It, so that's the daughter uh, who is a nanny? No, that was my son. Uh, the daughter came later, five years oh. later, which was a surprise. That's oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so the um, I know I'm in, I don't know if you recognize this name, but... Eric Gilmore, he's like an evangelist. He came out of okay. the Brownsville revival. He he mm-hmm. had a radical salvation transformation uh, when his mom tricked him into going to the service, and <laughs> um, <laughs> and then and, uh, and then he went to the Brownsville School of Ministry for four years or whatever, yeah. and now he travels the world preaching. And I became friends with him. He's just the most amazing. Just yeah, I mean, um, he's also like a worship guy too, so you know, I play his worship music and stuff. And um, anyway, so the Brownsville revival sparked in the heart of um, Steve Gray over in Smithton, Missouri, which is not far from Springfield. It's a town of 500 people. People came from, I think, I don't know how many different countries from all around the United States to that revival. It went on for years. um, There would be more people in the church than in the town. Then they moved to Kansas City, wow. it's World Revival Church. Um, uh-huh. I knew um, the son-in-law of, of the leader there, so I was connected with them right along. It was amazing when I was, I started a used Christian bookstore here in town. And when I was getting ready to oh, leave, nice. I went to their school and my friend let me go and sit in on a class. And I was just in the class and the students were talking and my wife was struggling with me leaving to go or in the ministry leaving the bookstore that I started and everything. And the whole class, students started asking, well, what if a wife doesn't want to do this and the husband's this and this and this? And it was everything that I was dealing with. I didn't mention a word. And the Holy Spirit had them ask the questions for the teacher and Holy Spirit led answers. And it was so cool to see what the Holy Spirit was doing there. I I listened to hundreds and hundreds of messages when that uh, first rate started because one thing about the Brownsville revival is the teaching wasn't as deep. It was the great salvation message and was, you know, doing right, amazing right. things. It won't work, but the teaching wasn't deep. The Smithton revival, the teaching was deep. He's such a good teacher. Oh, wow. um, and then I was, um, so I was getting ready. I was thinking about even going there and helping. But at the time, they had a false prophetess in there. She's very popular. Um, she's still oh. around. Um, Monita Bynum, um, 
but she was teaching stuff. I listened to the message. I'd, for, I'd heard about her bookstore, seen a book, you know, um, mm-hmm. was the sheets one or whatever. And that thought, and I heard good things and she had the 5 a.m. prayer meeting there. It, it was not good. And uh, oh. so that, that, uh, they're still doing okay and stuff, but that wasn't real positive. I was like, well, that ain't where I need to be. But it was amazing uh-huh. to see how people with depth of knowledge of the word, relationship with the Holy Spirit could be deceived in such a powerful oh. way. It, it was like a spell, right? Put over wow. Me. Yeah. So, so I backed away from that and I'd been waiting and it wasn't until 2023 that God really started bringing everything together that he had been cultivating in my life over the years. Um, uh-huh. But uh, the um, thing I want to do now is let's just pray for your situation right now. And uh, yes, I desperately need prayer. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, of course, peace is good and comfort's good. Uh-huh. But I think, yes. you know, some of the the lack of the peace and the comfort and some of the, some of the anxiety, some of the fear, some of the different things like that is kind of good too, because you know, there's something missing, right? Um, and you know, yeah, you want to make yeah. a step and you want to make sure it's the right step. Um, and that's true. Neither one of us knows what it is, but we know who does. So let's ask our yes. father right now. And so father, I just asked right now for my sister. She's uh, had this walk with you and, um, just as an encouragement for her, uh, I know I've seen revival in so many ways. Um, when I was in Topeka the other day, there was a man, there was a Nazarene, spirit-filled Nazarene man, and he said, you know, he'd been in places where there's hundreds of people coming to the Lord, and he's been in a place where there was one, and I just experienced it the Sunday before. And Father, you made it so clear that in some places, a revival may just be one. In another place, it may be thousands. And, and I've seen, Father, how the revival you're doing now is so much in the community and so much not in a place. And you're activating your people. You're activating that leaven. And I know, God, that you've called myself, my sister that I'm speaking to right now. There's so many that are activators to, to activate other people into that place that they have so so right now, I just want to break down some of those things in my sister's life. Holy Spirit, come and take down those strongholds, those ideas, those thoughts, those fears, those um, things that are of the enemy. And bring supernatural knowledge and ability in areas that she didn't even have before. Give clarity yes. of things that you've planted in her life's words, ideas, those things that you were working in her life's Give her that clarity of where you're taking, how the, all those connections are going to come together and, and where her place is. She's in a great place because she's ready to move <laughs> to do whatever needs to be done. But she needs clarity of, of those steps. Uh, you know her willingness to submit. You know her uh, desire to see more of you. Um, help her to see it in a way that just makes it so easy. Uh, let her be able to knock herself on the head saying, why didn't I see that before? It's right there. Um, I love it when you get that stuff. I love it. So, um, Holy Spirit, just, just move. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. It's incredible to know that we can facilitate, help, um, bring his presence to other people, right? That's what we're mm-hmm. doing right now yes. with each other. Um, yeah. That sometimes even if we're just going to a, a service or a, a Bible study that we're not leading or whatever, we're just part of it. We're, we help facilitate his presence even yeah. in places. It is amazing to me. Um, there's some Bible studies I've been going to after COVID that um, Holy Spirit worked out on my way to work, you know, stopped to get a coffee. Okay. Just adjust my scheduled by an hour i can stay in, at this bible study these guys were having well after a while oh, just nice. letting the lord speak and not so much me right stay back, uh-huh. stay back all of a sudden i'd start hearing the words that the father would normally speak through me being spoken through other people <laughs> and respond oh that's cool I'm like i'm like yeah. oh and part of it was my being there 
right? There is a sense uh-huh. in which as those vessels, we're carrying that anointing with us. We're, we're changing things around us. And so wherever we are, whatever the circumstance, we can facilitate more of the presence of the Holy Spirit. I love the fact that uh, the Lord has allowed me to work on the back lines, on the sidelines, uh, behind the scenes a lot of times because I can do more ministry that way than being in front. Mm. Often, oftentimes oh, I think of leading as being in front. It's uh-huh. the opposite of what Jesus even did, right? <laughs> he, when uh-huh. he could minister in secret, when he could be in private, when he could just go to people, he was able to be more effective even. It, it got to the point when there was lots of people, they were trampling each other to get to Jesus. Can you imagine? Mm. You're trampling someone else. <laughs> Jesus. There's something wrong wow. with your motivation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in the midst of that, thousands of people trampling each other, trying to get to him. He turns to the 12, starts talking to them. And oh, that's wow. Um, uh-huh. and, and the children, right? Why did the children want to yeah. be around? Why did the parents? Because he just hang out with them, right? He wasn't teaching them some uh-huh. deep spiritual truth. He's like, they're children. Hey, parents uh-huh. bless them. Okay, oh. let's do this, right? Uh, yeah. 